0: My first time
1: at the rodeo. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have returning guest Julia, the host of Cosmic Peach Podcast for part two of Da Vinci. And uh, the first one, uh, we covered Da Vinci and you know some of his paintings and what have you. And this one, I think we're going to touch a little bit more on uh. Mary Magdalene and and see where Julia wants to take this so I'll turn this over to you Julia and let the audience know once again uh, where they can find you and your podcast that you've now started and uh, where they can find you on social media
2: thank you ghost yes so I have cosmic peach podcast it's available on Amazon and Apple Spotify Google wherever you listen to your podcasts, and um Today, So I wanted to kind of set up who Leonardo was before we got down into the really heretical part of his life. Because it's hard for me to tell this part of the story without kind of lining everything up that had happened to Leonardo in his personal life that led him to this point. So on the last episode, we ended with the, the Last Supper painting and we were kind of talking about there's a figure in the last supper painting that is curious mm-hmm. and it's the figure sitting next to jesus and so i had obviously watched the da vinci code and i think you've watched the da vinci code most people have yeah but it only scratches the surface of of where this whole Mythos came to be that Mary Magdalene is in the Last Supper painting and was married to Jesus. Um, So that's the case that I'm going to make to you today, Ghost. And I hope that by the end of this presentation, I will have you convinced.
1: (laughs) I'm sure you will. I know you put a a lot of research into this one.
2: Well, yeah. And I mean, this is not an assault on anyone's faith. Like, I'm not trying to take that away from anyone. If you have faith, that's a gift. And I'm so happy for you to have that. And this is not an assault on your faith. This is just, you know, it's too detailed and too many coincidences to pass up. It And it, ha- it has too much validity to me to not be a real, you know, situation for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but I think that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene.
1: Well, there's a lot and of speculation so, to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the Catholic religion as a whole has really done everything they can to take either all some of the books out of the Bible that, that would um, point to that. I, I do believe mm-hmm. Mary actually had her own book as well.
2: She did. And so let's start with a little bit of history here where this, where, where, the the author dan brown the author of the da vinci code where he got some of his ideas from okay there was a french priest of a mountain village and it was like a really really small mountain village nothing you know huge or crazy and he had apparently found a treasure in 1891 And he was penniless when he made this discovery. And by the time he died in 1917, he had spent enormous sums of money. And break in ghost. If you have any questions, his name was Sonier, which is also the name of the grandfather in the Da Vinci code.
1: What was the name again? Sonier. Sonier. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sonier.
2: So this is the actual name of the priest of this, um, mountain village who had apparently discovered a treasure quote-unquote okay but so that's where we get the name sonier as the grandfather in the da vinci code and he is the priest of renlay chateau and he was sent there as a young man and he had a lot of ambition and his first task was renovating the church because it was all dilapidated and super old, and like I said, it was a really small village. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to um, renovate the whole thing and make it make it nice again." And while he was renovating the church, he removed the altar stone, and found that there was a pillar that was hollow. It was a Visigoth pillar that dated back to the sixth century, and inside this pillar was some parchments and he took them out and what was written on them were parts of the new testament written in latin and some letters were slightly raised above the other letters and that's what makes it interesting is the letters that were slightly raised above the other letters were a hidden message
1: okay Now, now this is, this is historical. This isn't just out of the book, right?
0: Or we? Oh,
2: no, no, no. This is all, this is where he ripped off the idea for the Da Vinci Code. He just, he made it fictitious.
0: Right. But I remember seeing that where they, yeah. Okay.
2: Mm -hmm. And so the question is what discovery did he really make by removing the altar stone and finding this information? I don't know if you ever read the book holy blood holy grail
1: no i am i'm aware of it um god I, the the author's drawn a blank because i, I was kind of really into this at one point
2: yeah so he came out with holy blood holy grail way before Da Vinci code mm-hmm. based on this factual information that again dan brown kind of ripped off yes and so the author of the book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, actually went back and deciphered the message, which later led to him writing the book. Because he he saw the message that was this priest supposedly found, which was these letters that were raised above the other letters that spelled out a message, if you put it together. And so the message read, and it's weird to me, and I don't know how he got to his conclusion based on what the message was. But the message read out, this treasure belongs to Dagobor the second king, and to Zion, and he is there dead. Which made zero sense to me. He literally wrote a whole book off of that little tiny excerpt from this hidden message. (laughs) So, obviously, he's way smarter than I am. And he did some digging. So, King Dagobor was the last of the acknowledged Merovingian kings. Okay. And so I don't know if you've ever heard Merovingian before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're familiar with that. Yep. And he was the son of Clovis the First, and Clovis I had made a pact with the Catholic Church that if Clovis increased his empire of his area of France and dedicated it to Christianity, that the Catholic Church would acknowledge the Merovingians as being inheritors of the throne. And so it's it's supposed that the Merovingian line is said to be direct bloodline descendants of Jesus Christ.
0: Yes,
1: and I Whether believe that. don't. It, isn't that where the kind of the Knights Templar also come in into play with the, mm-hmm. the Merovingians and, and what have you to
2: protect them? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Sonier did not understand the significance of these parchments at all. Neither did I, <laughs> because if you read it, you're just like, "What the fuck is this?" You know. Yeah. And so the first thing he did was go straight to the bishop. And the bishop had a long, hard look at him and then sent him straight up to the ecclesiastical authorities in Paris. So obviously maybe he knew what they were. And then he returned from Paris a very wealthy man.
1: Hmm. Makes -hmm. you wonder.
2: Yes. He had a tower built on the edge of the mountain where the church was located and he had a huge house built for him and just his housekeeper it was five or six bedrooms for wow. just him and his housekeeper and remind you he was penniless when he arrived at the village <laughs> like That's totally crazy.
0: penniless. yeah
2: and then he discovers these parchments Goes to the bishop. The bishop's like, "Uh, you need to go ahead and take these to Paris. Let let them look at it. And then he comes back exorbitantly wealthy.
1: So the Vatican must have known what the hell he had.
2: Right. And so he calls his house La Villa Bethany. And that is important. And we will talk about that later. But remember that he named his home La Villa Bethany. Okay. And he had the whole entire road from the base of the mountain all the way up to the church paved, which is unheard of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Back in that day. Yeah. Very unheard of.
2: Mm-hmm. He was an ordinary, humble country priest, but then suddenly it appears he discovered something that made him an extremely wealthy man. And what was his church called? His church is the Church of Mary Magdalene.
1: <laughs> no shit.
2: Yes. So the church is practically falling apart when he arrived, and then he refurbished everything and also bought up a lot of land in the village and lived a very lavish lifestyle and would even entertain entertain guests from all over France in like really high style. So in his lifetime. It said that he spent the equivalent of $2 million.
1: Jeez. Went from Mm -hmm. penniless to spending $2 million. Damn. Why can't I have that kind of luck? I'd love to find (laughs) (laughs) some little parchment paper somewhere that has some obscure saying on it. And next thing you know, you're... Obscure as fuck.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure he didn't even realize what it was when he found it. No. Because it was so vague. Like, okay, well, whatever. You know, who cares? And so that's the mystery. And everyone has their speculations as to what he found that could have led to this. Some people believe that he found a treasure trove in there. And then some people believe that he found the information, like what I said to you on the parchments, and that's what was the treasure. Okay. And what he found was literally priceless to the church to keep quiet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds that way.
2: He he could possibly have been blackmailing the church to keep him quiet about what he discovered. Maybe he did understand what it was, and he was blackmailing them. So that that's another theory that I found. Now, um, when,
1: just a quick question: Did mm-hmm. he name his church the Church of Mary Magdalene, or was it already named that? It as, was
2: already named the and, Church of Mary Magdalene, and that's what
1: he—that's uh, what they appointed him to—is that church. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay.
2: And let's just say so the church was already named the Church of Mary Magdalene. And let's just say what he found in there is the proof <laughs> that Mary Magdalene is the spouse of Jesus.
1: Right. And, and it's, this Mary bloodline. It's crazy because, you know, they took a lot of books out of the Bible. Mary had one herself. You know, we, we discussed that a little bit. And, but in that day to you know have a church named the church of Mary Magdalene is is kind of weird all in itself because she's not a very respected character of the bible well no I mean,
2: they've it's like they said in the da vinci code they sl- the catholic church slandered her and actually made her appear as a prostitute but we'll mm-hmm. get into that um, so the bishop at the time was getting concerned because of this huge expenditure of money and these vast wild parties he was throwing. And the bishop was like, where the hell is he getting this money from? Right. So the bishop came up with the theory and accused the priest of a crime called simony. So simony is like selling masses in exchange for forgiveness of sins that you committed. And they they suspended him. So without any proof of this at all, they, they were like, there's no way that he's not up to this shit because he's getting too much money. So he must be, so it'd basically be like, you go into confession or something. And he's like, well, for, for 50 bucks, I'll forgive you for your sins or whatever. So they accused him of doing that and he was suspended. And so the priest took this all the way up to the Vatican and was immediately reinstated.
0: Oh shit.
2: Hmm. and so he gets suspended of this crime that they think he's committing and he's like no i'm not takes it all the way up to the vatican he gets immediately reinstated but shortly afterwards he dies suddenly
1: <laughs> ah, so, died a suicide two two mm-hmm. sword wax to the back of the head
2: well, it's even more bizarre than that, Ghost. Um, and it's funny because it reminds me of Stanley Kubrick because they were like, all right, we'll play, you know, make your movie. Let's see what you do. Mm-hmm. They see the movie, dead. Yeah. <laughs> they find him dead the next day. And so it's like, okay, yeah, all right, we'll reinstate you, mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Um, so he dies of a stroke. But what is most curious is that 10 days before his quote unquote sudden death of a stroke, his housekeeper had already ordered his coffin. What? Yes.
1: Oh, shit.
2: So there that's just a little bit of like, there's something more going on here, yeah. obviously.
1: And it's funny to, um, to think because, you know, people like you and I and and others look into this stuff and, you know are fascinated by it and the in the conspiracy end and and the, the wild tales that involve a lot of this these topics that we discuss hearing that you, it, it's kind of it's kind of neat because it was actually going on back then you know what i mean <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of what we're doing
1: it's... now only without the technology to do it you know what i mean it, it's weird like it, so it's kind of like
2: about it is ghost is why i said i'm gonna make this case to you and i'm gonna to try to convince you that this is what's going on it's because i believe this is the biggest cover-up in human history just like they said in the movie but i'm not playing i think this is the biggest cover-up in human history because if this is true it changes everything
0: mm-hmm.
2: it changes everything oh, totally. that we think is true so it's inconclusive what was really going on but it is also known that there were times where the priest was very broke and then suddenly like another load of money would come along and I believe that the source of his money was that he was being paid by the Vatican and he would actually say to the bishop out of his own mouth I was given large donations by people who live outside the village but I was given these donations under the conditions of strict secrecy that I can't reveal who the donors are. <laughs> Out of uh. his own mouth, he said that.
1: Well, right there says, oh, this was given to me by the Vatican.
2: Right. But why did they give him this money? What did he know? And it's, again, I'm going back to the fact that he discovered Jesus's direct bloodline. Right. Right. So after his death, the priest's housekeeper continued to live in the house until her own death. Um, When the French changed the currency from the old franc to the new franc, she was seen in the garden burning large sums of paper money. Probably because she didn't know what to do with it and she couldn't explain where the money had came from. And she couldn't use it anymore because they went from the old Frank to the new Frank. So she literally went out into the garden and just started shoving piles of paper money into a garbage can and burning it. Oh, shit. And um, Imagine
1: she Imagine if actually, we had that money today. It'd be worth something.
2: Well, shoot. She burnt it all up, <laughs> which know. is also curious. Um, she did actually tell the person who moved into the house that she would explain the secret of their wealth before she died. But... <laughs> so she she suffered a stroke as well after she said this
1: so strokes were strokes were the 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 first suicide you know but it,
2: didn't kill, oh, it, it didn't kill her oh it didn't kill her okay it rendered her unable to speak mm. and she was never able to say where the money had come from and then she died and the secret died with her
0: <laughs> damn
2: yeah so i think they were trying to kill her though
0: yeah you
1: know stroke, and, and but it just she, back she in lived that time
0: she, she didn't talk
1: yeah and alchemy was big back then so you know what i mean mm-hmm. they were playing with all sorts of shit and you know obviously that's how we got a lot of the stuff that we have today but yeah that's crazy that you know oh well you know and we don't really have guns and bullets so let's just stroke them you know what i mean
2: yeah and so many things could be categorized as a stroke you poison somebody one time and they uh, and then mm-hmm. they're, it's like oh they had a stroke yep Dead. Yeah. we don't even know if it, were, if it was an actual stroke but so the Priory of Sion are you yes. familiar
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay as seen in the Da Vinci Code the secret keepers yep. claim they were the ones who were supplying the priest and that they were behind his, his cash flow mm. so that's interesting that is so it this is the part where this information is so fucking old it could have been the vatican or it could have been the priory of Sion. we weren't there we don't we have no idea all we know is that his lifestyle was crazy and you know what what he discovered made him a wealthy man right so they claim that the priest discovered documents that showed the truth about the merovingian dynasty And then again, the the author of Holy Blood, Holy Grail came up with the hypothesis that these Merovingians, of course, are the direct descendants of Jesus Christ, and he writes the book. So the secret that died with the housekeeper seems to have been something to do with the Catholic Church, and they wanted to keep it under wraps, of
1: course.
0: duh.
2: (laughs) And... Some people speculate that what he di- discovered was an equivalent to a birth or marriage certificate pertaining to Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene, which is interesting.
1: Yes, because if this is true, that just proves Jesus was an ordinary man.
2: Right. It, it cancels opinion. out his his divinity. Yes which is which again i'm not trying to offend anyone this is just this, this is just how it is you know yeah. i say um, it all the
1: time on on my podcast you know believe whatever you want to believe if it makes you a better person at the end of the day that's mm-hmm. fine i don't care if you believe in satan if, if it makes you a good person you're not killing people and you're being kind and you're and, not
2: you know yeah. not hurting kids yeah. whatever so some people believe that he found a genealogy of the bloodline descendants or some people believe he found an actual corpse <laughs> Ooh. because it was in a pillar. Mm-hmm. It could have been anything. It it literally could have been an actual corpse of like a very, very important person, such as like Mary Magdalene's bones or ashes or right. like some, 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 some way of tracing DNA back to Jesus. Like we would have been able to do that now mm-hmm. because there was a yellow marker on the outside of the church that would signify that a very 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 important person was buried there and the church is the church of mary magdalene so you can draw conclusions from that
1: right and i do remember from um back in the day looking into this and watching documentaries um and the authors of the holy blood and holy grail being interviewed and uh that that was a common practice you know is you know you buried important people under the altars of, of mm. these you know churches and, and what have you so
2: yeah that is correct ghost
1: that's that's all you know it, it's it's crazy that you're bringing this up because it's all just like flooding back in my head i'm like oh yeah i remember you know hearing this because mm-hmm. i was i was never a big reader i never i, I tried reading uh dan brown's book that you know he, he obviously ripped off from uh, holy blood holy grail but i I always loved watching documentaries on, on this type of stuff. You know, I was always fascinated with the Knights Templar where, you know, the origins of Friday the 13th, which obviously was yesterday. And oddly yes. enough, we're talking about this today. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's as, as Ryan would say, it's fascinating.
2: It is fascinating. Yes. If you're going to read one, don't read Da Vinci. Code. read no. Holy blood, Holy grail. Yeah. Cause he basically ripped it off. Yes. Um. From from that author, and it's just so interesting because I mean, okay. So back to the story. If the Priory of Sion was responsible for funding the priest, it would also make sense because they were attempting to reinstall the Merovingians to their rightful birthplace on the throne. Makes sense. And Sir Isaac Newton was actually alleged to be one of the Grand Masters of the Priory of Sion, but. I personally think it was the Catholic church that was funding him to keep him hushed. Okay. And it, I mean, I think they do mention in Da Vinci code that Isaac Newton was in the Priory of Sion. I don't know if they mentioned that he was one of the grand masters of the Priory of Sion. So he could have been, he could have thought himself a a bloodline descendant.
1: Now with the Priory of Sion, um, is that more, uh, loosely based on you know a, a theory you know either from Dan Brown or from Holy Blood Holy Grail or is it was this an actual documented uh, it's still going prior. on today okay all right that makes sense
2: still going okay. on today and actually the author of Holy Blood Holy Grail tracked down the Grand Master of the Prior of Sion when he the current Grand Master of the Prior of Sion when he was writing his book and went and talked to him face to face so he said that he was very secretive didn't really share a lot had a great poker face Hmm. um but it's it's something that was going on as far I mean as as recent as like the 80s wow when he wrote the book
1: okay so yeah so it's a secret society would just disappear you know what i mean right Which, so
2: it's still you know and to this day i believe it. they still have the priory of scion so on to what we've all been waiting for is the da vinci connection <laughs> so now that the listeners know a little bit of um the background on da vinci from the first episode we can just dive right in so as we talked about previously leonardo was a heretic among other things he also had a kind of sneering attitude towards mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic Church. Very. And he was very critical of the church. And as you remember back to our previous conversation, um I believe it's because he was allowed down into the library. Mm. That is my personal speculation. Is that he he became heretical after he saw what all has been hidden from us.
1: Gotcha. Make, it makes including,
2: sense, including, including, Mary Magdalene. That would that would take away Jesus' divinity. Yeah, and that, that would make Mother Mary. No, uh, they they said she was without sin. My ass. Right. That would have meant she got pregnant in the normal way that people get pregnant. That, that would have ch- meant Jesus was. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and that and would no- make
2: you heretical.
1: Nobody. And, and this is the thing that uh, that baffles me, and nobody questions why a twelve-year-old, a twelve-year-old girl gets pregnant D- by divine intervention. Twelve, like that? No, that she and...
2: was pregnant before she married Joseph.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who 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 marries a kid?
2: Man, ghost,
1: uh, that, and child
2: that... brides were all the rage back yeah. in like the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, ew. harems and, and no, of
2: child brides. Yeah, actually.
1: And, and nobody has a problem with that. I do not get it.
2: So, actually, Ghost, you might be interested. I did an episode. Um, I'm going to release it in a week or two with Shayla about mm-hmm. Elvis and Priscilla. She was a child bride.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, she was I actually, yeah, I had her on. Uh, I haven't released it yet, but yeah, that, that's a future episode of mine as
0: well.
2: Mm hmm. So, and I mean, it's just like, it's, it's kind of a common thing that shouldn't be a common thing, but you know, if I, so I have a 14 year old in my life right now, they're not ready to get married. Mm -mm. They still look like a baby to me. Yeah. To be honest with you, they are very, very, you know, angelic right now, but you know, so getting into another work of art that we didn't cover in the last episode um are you familiar with the shroud of turin mm-hmm. okay so there was a book written in 1994 which actually makes the argument that the shroud of turin is one of the least known leonardo da vincis
1: mm. yeah i've heard that because isn't that, the and one that, that... he
2: actually created it
1: yeah because a lot of speculation was, oh, that isn't that the image of Jesus supposedly on it and this and that. And
2: It's he, supposed to be that Jesus's body heated up so hot when he um, transformed into his astral body that it made a physical impression on the the linens.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: that's the story.
1: I think they so let's catch on fire, you. but that's just me.
2: <laughs> so... In the nineteen seventies, scientists were allowed to analyze the Turin shroud for a very short period of time. And they actually carbon dated the shroud itself to a period of the twelve to thirteen hundreds. So it couldn't possibly have been used to wrap the body of Christ. I'll just that's that and again, I love y'all, but this this and I don't want to sound like Fauci, but trust the science. (laughs) Carbon dating. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't argue that ghost. No. And so Leonardo is actually really unique among artists of his day because he he never produced a crucifixion painting.
1: Hmm. And most other so, ones did, didn't they?
2: Yes. And he was the only one who never produced a crucifixion. What he may have been doing by putting this up is actually a kind of crucifixion substitution
0: mm.
1: okay
2: and the analysis that some have put on upon the image itself is that it's actually burnt on the top hmm. this can be done by what is known as the camera obscura and i think a lot of people have made this analogy before that it's it, it's um where it actually takes light and it burns it on top of the material yes and what is even more outrageous is he actually used his own face as the point of reference
0: (laughs) so
1: i think da vinci the whole time after learning this to me what i'm getting is he spent the rest of his life trying to prove the lie that existed out of the catholic church
2: kind of like a Kubrick.
1: yeah yeah exactly
2: Mhm, And so remembering back to the first episode where I pointed out that he was notorious for painting himself and his artworks. You remember mm-hmm. he even painted himself into the last supper. Mm-hmm. Um, This would have appealed to his sense of humor. Right. Okay. And as a side note, I saw something on the Vitruvian man, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Okay. And what they have discovered is that every part of the Vitruvian man corresponds with the inside of the Great Pyramid.
0: Oh, shit.
2: And if that's true, there are more chambers yet to be discovered.
0: Mm.
1: And they won't let anybody go in there and do nothing anymore.
2: Isn't that so crazy, Ghost?
1: Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That's, that's just a that's side awesome
2: though. hmm.
1: That was a good find.
2: And so the Last Supper painting, we have Jesus with a red, uh, a red, you know, whatever they call him, his dress. Yeah,
1: like a scarf or garb. Or, yeah. Yeah.
2: But then he has the blue clo- cloak. Yes. And then the the figure on the side of him has the exact opposite clothing. We've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. But the figure is leaning away from Jesus. um, And it's supposed to be young St. John. <laughs> young St. John. Yeah. And the space between the figures, right? They call it the chalice in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. That, that Leonardo is giving us the chalice. But because Dan Brown is a douchebag and he didn't do his own research and he just ripped some shit off if you actually look at it, he's giving us the letter M.
0: Hmm.
1: Is there any, is there any way you can pull up the, uh, because the yeah, me... I'd, I'd like to have like, look at that again, because I, I do remember there was something with that, you know, I, you know, with it forming a, a, the V or a chalice and, and the leaning away of each other. But, uh,
2: yes so ghost this is really this is so that's why you should read. It's like you always say think for yourself Mm -hmm. this is my take let's find a good one so he's giving us the m do you see it here
0: boop 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 boop
1: oh okay yeah all right if you go above her head and then down up Jesus's arm and down again forms the M.
2: And it for and look where he's pointing
1: up. That guy, yep, that guy's pointing up.
2: He's but if you let's just take it literally, like if you're going to point up and then go down and then go up and then come down.
1: Yeah, it's and just it's, so. And now if you look at that elbow, that elbow in the blue over here. This
2: could be the other, and And, then he's got his hands up, so it's like like another hand.
1: Yeah, or like saying this is where it stopped. You know, like go up, down, up, down, stop.
2: Up, down, up, back to the hand. Hmm. And to me, this is very. And then we got the knife again. Yeah. The knife, and then the guy freaking out. It's just crazy. Uh, Okay. So, this could be Leonardo telling us Mary Magdalene was at the Last Supper sitting next to Jesus in a position of status. Mm.
0: Okay.
2: Because Jesus is in the center of the table. He is uh, the most divine, right? He's in the middle. And And then the person who would be directly next to him would also be a person of status, right? His other Mm. half. Yeah. Okay. And as we pointed out in the last episode, no chalice on the table. No cup. No. People are only able to see what they're told to see, which is why again, think for yourself. Don't don't take it at face value. And so I'm going to go back here. I'm going to share again actually because I forgot you're going to love this ghost. This is going to rock your world. Are you familiar okay. with the Madonna of the Rocks?
1: I've heard of it. I'd have to, to see it again.
2: Okay. Can you see this?
1: Hang on. Let me move my, my pictures out of the way.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. So there are two versions of Madonna of the Rocks. The first one that Leonardo painted was unaccepted by the church because he hadn't painted halos on the figures. <laughs> sure. um, the Madonna of the Rocks depicts the flight of Jesus and John the Baptist from King Herod during the infanticide. Okay. Jesus is with Mary. In 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 the one that they so. Okay. The one that they ended up accepting, Jesus is with Mary and John the Baptist is with the angel Uriel, who is his guardian.
1: Yo, do you know who Uriel is?
2: Man, I haven't dove into that. All I know is that's John Shit. the Baptist protector.
1: Uh-huh. Ryan actually just did a an episode on Uriel and Uriel um if I'm not mistaken and I take this right is the true light bearer or the 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 bringer of wisdom that everybody gets satan confused with in the bible oh
2: so he's the true lucifer Mm -hmm. that's interesting yep and to be the guardian of john the baptist who would later baptize jesus that's interesting
1: very interesting
2: so some people say that it was unaccepted by the church because of the juxtaposition of jesus christ and john the baptist John the Baptist being older than Jesus and was a... So John the Baptist was a, a descendant from the Aaron line, which made him a priest messiah. Okay. Okay. And Jesus Christ was also a descendant from the Aaron line and the Davidic line, which would make him not only a priest Messiah, but also a King Messiah.
0: Hmm.
2: And the fact that John the Baptist. So. Okay. I'll just say it to you like this. The fact that John Bab, the John the Baptist baptized Jesus as the son of God the Roman Catholic church would prefer us to believe that Jesus was doing all the baptizing and who the hell is John the Baptist to baptize the son of God. Right. But if you look at the genealogy of the family, it adds up perfectly, which is something that the Catholic church would, would have liked to sideline. Okay. So if we look at the heretical version, which is right here
1: now in, in this picture, uh, Which one is Jesus? Is Jesus the one with the two fingers up? Or is he the one being held around? Okay, so you
2: have Mother Mary with her arm around an elevated John the Baptist. Okay. Who is kneeling. Yes. And then you have the angel Uriel with a lower positioned Jesus. Yeah, he's who has it. his fingers up and he's bestowing the blessing on to John the Baptist. Okay. So this scene is not in the Bible, of course. This was invented by the Roman Catholic Church because the embarrassment that John the Baptist would have had the authority to perform the baptism ritual on Jesus. So they concocted this story that when they were babies, baby Jesus bestowed upon him the permission or the blessing to baptize him later in life. I mean, come on. Mm. yeah, That is such a comp, that is so retarded. And I'm sorry to use that word, but it's retarded. So they're saying that while while Jesus and John the Baptist were running from the infanticide of King Herod, they stopped on a side street. They got with the other person's guardian, okay? Mm-hmm. So John the Baptist is with Mother Mary, and Jesus is with the angel Uriel, and he bestowed upon baby John the Baptist, hey, dude, later on in life, I'm giving you permission to baptize me. That's the story they made up.
1: That's crazy. And who's the person on the donkey?
2: Who knows?
1: Like that could that's
2: have been just... Noah for all. I, for... Yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's, I mean
2: that's how convoluted the story is. It's yeah. just, it just doesn't make no sense at all.
1: I'm still, I'm still fascinated by that. That's the depiction of Uriel and Ryan's deep dive that he did on who Lucifer is truly is. A male? What's that?
2: Was it? Was he saying it was a man?
1: Um, I, I, I do believe Uriel. Well. Angels really don't have sex, you know what I mean? Like they're not male or female, but um in in our terms I think Uriel w- was a male. He, he um but yeah, it's just weird that you're bringing this Isn't up. Isn't it
2: interesting he painted Uriel as a woman? Yeah. Maybe yeah, cuz women had a more important part in the Bible. <laughs>
1: that we're led on. That is true.
2: <laughs> you know?
1: Because if you if you look at the way the Catholic Church has you know, depicted women and women in the Bible. It's never been in any type of oh, it's power always or been leadership. dog shit. It's yeah. always
2: been dog shit. Always and so
1: a submissive um like relationship with a man. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Oh
2: yeah, we're 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 um we're the secretary to the men. Yeah. Like we just tag along and we do the equivalent of uh making coffee for the men.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You cook, you clean, you take care of the house. Right. You know.
2: But in my argument, I'm going to um I'm try I'm gonna try to convince you ghosts that women were actually equal if not higher than <laughs> the men in the pile. <laughs> Which would make sense, right? I mean, okay, but we'll, let's get back I don't want to tangent too much, but so the scene that was commissioned and you know, I roll. <laughs> that this ever even happened um i think leonardo also rolled his eyes at this story which is why we when we look at the heretical version which is the one that i have pulled up for you here the babies are with the wrong guardians and this is going to get a little tricky um but you remember he loved inversion Mm -hmm. so let's put him with the right guardians this is jesus we'll put him up here with mother mary right and Mm -hmm. we'll put baby John the Baptist with Uriel if we flip it Jesus is elevated above John the Baptist and he's bestowing the blessing on to John the Baptist who is kneeling to receive the blessing right that's how it should have been but how did he paint it
1: painted it completely backwards
2: he painted baby so let's just pretend that Let's not change the characters, right? Let's pretend that this is exactly how he wanted it to look. And let's say that the little boy that's kneeling with the cross is Jesus. Okay. And let's say the little boy that is in a lower position with his fingers extended bestowing the blessing is John the Baptist. Because he's with Uriel. Mm Mm-hmm. It would appear John the Baptist is blessing Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so heretical. Yeah. (laughs) That he, even though, so that would make Jesus kneeling to John the Baptist to receive the blessing. That's crazy. He was such a badass. I mean, can you imagine presenting that painting to the Catholic Church? Oh,
1: especially in those days i mean oh even today but man (laughs) wow
2: and so let's see this one this is the original right here this is the one that that was kind of like a uh you know somebody copying it but this is the original right here so we got jesus so that's supposedly john the baptist and that's jesus bestowing the blessing on him but if you, if you turn it around, actually Jesus is receiving the blessing from John the Baptist, which makes it heretical. And then he eventually added the halos, you see?
1: Okay, yeah, I do.
2: But there's something else. Can, can I point besides... out something real quick? What?
1: There's no halo over Uriel.
2: Which is also very interesting. Yeah. In which that the kinda... fact that, that Uriel is a woman.
1: Yeah, and the fact that that is supposedly uh from the research research that that ryan did um is the true lucifer
2: it is it is
1: which would and mean what if which would mean lucifer it's not a divine individual
2: was a woman yeah i don't know something and if, to and think and think if uriel
1: is uh the true person of, of what people call lucifer or satan and what have you That would make sense why there's no halo around Mm -hmm. the head because that means they're not a holy, you know what I mean? Or divine. Mm,
2: Yeah, no, that's crazy. I didn't even think of it like that. Dang, that's that's true.
1: Yeah, and it's funny and if you take it for for how it is, Satan has his arm around little baby Jesus who is Mm -hmm. then giving the blessing to john the baptist so is that an unholy blessing is that what he should be
0: depicting
2: an o- uh, so that would be like an unholy baptism
0: yeah yeah wow
2: that's see i'm telling you ghost he was way ahead of us on everything
1: yeah. and this is just my humble opinion people you know i'm just looking oh at me, it too. me too me too taking is, the this information that i i've recently learned and and, and applying it to to what I'm looking at and it's 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 crazy
2: well I'm about to blow your mind one more time ghost because there's something else in this painting okay can you please look at the formation of rocks that's coming out of the Virgin Mary's head okay what does this look like to you? This is his way of saying she ain't no virgin.
1: Oh shit, is that a vagina?
2: It's a dick.
1: Oh, yes it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay now I see, now I see it.
2: <laughs> it's a dick coming out of the head of Mother Mary.
1: Oh wow. yeah, okay. Man he was like doing some Disney shit before Disney was around.
2: Man. And this is not an assault on anyone's faith, but come no. on. He's telling us, look at all the symbolism in this just one painting.
1: Yeah. And if you kind of look at it, and, and you go with, like, the Greek uh rivers, river of sticks and what have you, it almost appears like they're, they're underground, like they're...
2: Yes. I was going to say that, too.
1: Not quite necessarily hell, but not of mm-hmm. the above realm you know what I mean it's it's kind of gives me that purgatory yeah it's like gives me that, that vibe I guess you could say
2: yes me too it's creepy ghost
0: Damn,
2: it's creepy like I said this, the, just take it how you want to so the main thesis I want to present to you is that Jesus is married as depicted in the book Holy Blood Holy Grail and his wife is Mary Magdalene Mm-hmm. And there's another book entitled "The Woman with the Alabaster Jar." Have you ever read it? Do you I, know anything about it?
1: I've heard of it. I, I'm, I'm horrible with reading. Um, never really. It's en- a good one, en-
2: Ghost. You'd never like never it. enjoyed
1: it. I should probably sign up for Audible. Uh, Audible uh, because I can I was listen thinking to
2: about doing that too. Because it's kind of like Audible is kind of like listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. except it's a book. And so, the woman with the alabaster jar. Also makes this argument, and it's written by a woman who was a staunch Roman Catholic. Oh. And she believes the Holy Grail is the sacred feminine, the lost bride. Mm. Because what do they call Jesus? The bridegroom without a bride. Where's the oh. bride? Yeah. So those dicks. In the Council of Nicaea took out this very important part of our story, of our history and of women in general, because they were weak and cowardice, and men did not want to acknowledge the power of the feminine because of the fact that if Jesus was married and had a child, it would diminish his divinity, but it actually enhances it to me because there is a sacred union between men and women. Yes and I think that's shitty as fuck that they would have taken that out okay so there's a passage in Mark of the anointing of Jesus by the woman with the alabaster jar and now the book of Mark is is in the bible right yes and it's the anointing of Jesus by the woman with the alabaster jar at the banquet in Bethany So first of all, the anointing scene takes place in all four Gospels and there are only four stories that do. One is the baptism of Jesus. The other is the multiplication of loaves and fishes, Mm -hmm. the crucifixion, and the anointing by a woman. Which gives you an idea compared to those other stories how important this this was. If you're going to put the multiplication of loaves and fishes the crucifixion of Jesus and Jesus getting baptized in the anointing of a woman that says something right there yeah and so when you research anointing it actually has sexual connotations in the ancient world
0: oh and I did not know that
2: yes the anointing by a woman was actually a nuptial rite in, in ancient cultures okay so everyone in the in the New Testament is Jewish until proven otherwise, we can agree.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Jesus is a rabbi. Mm-hmm. It was commonplace for Jewish rabbis to be married. In fact, it was expected. So Jesus would have been required as a member of the Davidic line to marry and... Not only was he required to marry, he was expected to sire two sons by the time he was 40.
1: Hmm. But he died at
0: 33.
2: Well, I think, I believe he was married and he was doing what he was supposed to do.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And so the Feast of Cana is mentioned in the book of John. And it doesn't describe the actual wedding itself, but it describes the feast. So in, in nowadays terminology, it would be it doesn't describe the ceremony, but it describes the reception.
1: Can I, can I just and, touch on something real quick that yeah. kind of came to mind right after I, I said he died at 33 um, is a story that we're given. If you and, and he was supposed to have two male um, sons by the time he was 40 that means he died seven years before that and seven is supposed to be the whole the, the lucky number the number associated with mm-hmm. with jesus and
2: it's the number of completion
1: yeah which is isn't that odd. funny I, yeah i don't know why that came to me i just i don't know it, it well you're it ghost so it, it's I like i just felt like you know, i needed to like point that out and I'm well yeah happy. that's but why i like talking with
2: I like talking with you because you look into it even like as I'm going along with the information, you're picking up on things, you're tuning into it and you're actually like engaging in the in the process, which yeah. is what I love. Well, you get because my, it's like
1: my gears are spinning. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like,
2: so it was called the Feast of Cana and it's basically the wedding reception. Right. And mm-hmm. it doesn't describe the ceremony, but it's describing the reception. And what is described is that Jesus mother, Mary tells the servants that they should do whatever he tells them and so when they are told to go get more wine they must go get more wine and so on but the only person at a wedding who would be allowed to do this would be the groom himself okay back then
1: yeah so why the change
2: well basically what i got from that passage is that it's Jesus wedding reception. And he's saying, bring wine, bring food. Let's celebrate. Oh, okay. I just got married. Like this is a party. And Je- and so mother Mary is there. And let's say she's not this, you know, divine figure that she's made out to be. She's just Jesus's mother. She's like, Hey, do whatever he says. He just got married. We're okay. celebrating, you no, know? Okay. So that's kind of like another, you know, another but, passage that would lead to him having actually been married.
1: Okay. I was listening and to so, that and I, I heard it kind of backwards in my mind. Oh, no, yeah, no, I I get where you're coming from.
2: So Mary Magdalene is depicted as anointing Jesus on two separate occasions with an ointment called spikenard, which was only allowed to be used on those of the Davidic line. And Jesus is, of course, from the Davidic line. So how do we know it was Mary Magdalene? The Gospel of John spells it right out. It says the woman who anointed Jesus and washed his feet with her hair was Mary, the sister of Lazarus. The same Mary that shows up in all the legends off the coast of France, that it was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who brought the Holy Grail to the shores of France.
1: Hmm. Which... If I'm not mistaken, they make the argument that the Holy Grail could have been the child.
2: The Yes. And it says Mary Magdalene and her friends brought the blood royal to the shores of France. Not in a chalice, Mm-mm. but in the veins of a child. The blood royal.
1: Or if you look at it in a different way, uh, that V or the chalice could represent a womb. So she could right. have been pregnant also.
2: That is very that's very good too. Which is I think why they went with that is mm-hmm. like being the chalice or yeah. or the vagina, you know, like the which is totally plausible. Yeah. But you know, no one knows what happened to her. I mean no no one knows where this child is. Um but that's not the point. I think the the child is there to prove the union of Jesus and Mary, and the sacred union of the masculine and feminine energies. That's what I think the child is there to serve the point that you you have masculine and feminine, the unity, and then you give birth and you have a child, and that's that's how you reproduce. That's that's right. how we are here today. Goes like that's normal,
1: it, and it also kind of. It, it, you can take it in a creation uh sense of, of when god supposedly created adam and eve and what have you and this is just a, a reinterpretation of jesus passing on creation and uh, you know mm-hmm. and, and you know the birth of a child and creation of a child is a very beautiful thing you know what i mean I, i'm oh. a father and that that is one of the most beautiful moments of my life when i saw my daughter being born like i i, I can't compare anything to that you know what i mean it's just it's, it's beautiful
2: why we're here mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: and it's it's you're the masculine and the mother of your child's the feminine and you you know you were in a union mm-hmm. you can see the child and now you have a child and you're raising your child and it, it's it's just it makes no sense to me that jesus wouldn't have wanted the union of man and wife when he always talks about how important it is to get married
1: right and it doesn't make the fuck? Yeah. That's and, and, hypocritical and
2: if as is, fuck though, wouldn't it be?
1: Yeah. And if, if this is true, it doesn't make you know, cause some people would be like, Well, wouldn't that that kid have, you know, special divine powers that no, it doesn't necessarily make him a demigod. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily make, you know, in my mind, Jesus a god. You know what I mean? Like
0: Right.
2: But the point is she's never described in the New Testament as a prostitute. Let's just get that out first, okay? because I'm so sick of people saying like, they've even watched the Da Vinci Code and they know a little bit about it and they still go, yeah, but the Bible says she was a prostitute. I'm and I'm seeing. like, in fact, she's rarely described at all. right? Mary Magdalene, she's rarely described at all. And she's only named a few times, and the big problem going down in history is that there's too many fucking Marys mm-hmm. and not enough
0: detail. Yeah, is
2: like mother mary mary magdalene mary of bethany mary of and it's just a common name like the most common name in the world is mohammed can you imagine leaving the last name off and then writing a story with like six different dudes named mohammed
0: it'd be very confusing that's
2: exactly what has happened here um so the mary that we're referring to is the mary of bethany And remember what I said the priest named his home Mm
0: -hmm.
2: La Vila Bethany. Yep, so it's another connection to our Mary of Bethany, Lazarus' sister. Okay, so the independent story that appears in Galilee of some prostitute, and we don't even know that the prostitute's name was Mary, Mm -mm. it just says prostitute. Yeah, okay, and so this prostitute also washed jesus's feet with her hair and her expensive oils and that anonymous prostitute is identified as mary magdalene because they performed the same act on
0: jesus
1: Mm, okay
2: and there is another mary that jesus cast six demons out of yeah so they all get lumped in together as this magdalene figure And what they have done over time is that they've hodgepodged all these stories together, and they've made Mary Magdalene a demon-possessed prostitute that Jesus forgave, and that's it.
1: Hmm. Unreal.
2: And the Roman Catholic Church at the Second Council eventually actually renounced this false claim after all this time. Oh, wow. But there, so there's not a lot said about the Magdalene and that's how she's referred to uh, is the Magdalene. So she was a spouse to Jesus. What, what we, what little we have in all four gospels says that she was a woman of wealth that supported Jesus by her means. And it says that she met Jesus at the tomb on Easter morning, resurrected, and that she stood at the cross and there are 8 lists where several women are mentioned in the gospels and on 7 of them Mary Magdalene is mentioned first.
1: Mm. Why would she be mentioned first if she wasn't of importance?
2: Well, she's the first lady.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yet, of Jesus. Yeah.
2: Um so we so we can judge her by her actions. What she, what did she do? Well, she showed up at the tomb to mourn her bridegroom and found him resurrected, which in ancient mythology is the role of the bride. Okay. It is the role of the bride to anoint, and it is the role of the bride to meet the risen bridegroom at the tomb. And if we look at the Gnostic Gospels, we see that it is mentioned several times that Jesus used to kiss Mary Magdalene on the mouth, literally says.
1: Yes. You don't do that unless you're in a relationship. Now, back Especially in, in those you're... cultures, it was kiss on the cheek, guy or mm-hmm. girl, you know what I mean? But a yes. kiss on the mouth represented intimacy or love.
2: Yeah. And, and it, again, it just goes to show how important it was to Jesus to show that you show affection to your wife
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: you're, you're in a union, you're affectionate, you love your wife, you, you're, you respect her, Yep. right? in that it's very important because if if we've learned anything from the stories of Jesus is he's supposed to be a role model for how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in our own lives right Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't he have respected his wife and held her in high regard and kissed her often and loved on her and like that's how it's supposed to be right and you get married and you have a baby Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to right like it would make sense to me In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, she barely exists. But in these Gnostic Gospels, she's the star. Mm -hmm. And apart from Jesus, Mary Magdalene is absolutely dead center in these Gnostic Gospels. And Jesus actually defers to Mary. And she even gets him to change what he's teaching sometimes. Oh, wow. And... Yes, and she's depicted as being feisty and assertive and not ashamed whatsoever. And from what it looks like, she actually annoyed the other disciples with the power she had over Jesus.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
2: Because good pussy will do that to you. (laughs) But in the Gospels, it literally says Mary Magdalene is Jesus' consort which again has the sexual connotations
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it says the intimate companion of Jesus is Mary Magdalene and he used to kiss her often and the other disciples were jealous of this and it is extremely clear why the Roman Catholic Church didn't want these go- these specific gospels in the New Testament um, in the Gospel of Thomas it states the disciples go to Jesus and they say Lord why do you love her more than us why are you always kissing kissing on her and they were jealous as hell of mary magdalene and mary magdalene could potentially be the most important woman in world history oh totally and we we know virtually nothing about her i believe the church fathers were so afraid of her image In these forbidden gospels, that she was powerful,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: that Jesus loved her, and that Jesus had an intimate sexual relationship with her. And she had power over him. Right. And they knew this, and they didn't want the women in the upcoming churches to get uppity or become anything like her. Right. So the whole history. And the way that the church has treated its women is actually because they're terror of Mary Magdalene.
1: It makes that makes perfect sense, and the fact that priests aren't allowed to marry and mm. you know you know any of that. It's like they they took it to the extreme to do they away were with terrified
2: her. Yes. terrified of Mary Magdalene.
1: Yes, and and, then, and and it goes to show you know it, there's that quote behind a, a, a good man is always a strong woman. You know what I mean? Yes. And and, you know, a man and a woman's relationship in a marriage, or even if, you know, you don't get married and you're just a long-term relationship, whatever, you know, you need that. It's, it's a balance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not over my wife in in any way, and she's not over me in any way, but there's certain characteristics that she, um, is better at than, than I am and vice versa. And that's kind of what I think, you know, the teachings of Jesus might've been representing um, because, you know, there there's the whole theory that maybe he went off and and studied Buddhism and Hinduism a little bit and then came back and was preaching. And all he was preaching was love and be a good person and Mm -hmm. not being a douchebag. Um, And and, I believe
2: he, he taught, he taught people how to respect their wives yeah, because that was a big problem up until Jesus.
1: Yes, it was. And You know i think they just kind of scrubbed her in in a sense and tried to make him a a divine character that you have to believe in when he was just probably um an ordinary you know everyday guy a shaman a shaman you know just Mm -hmm. preaching the good word that kind of went a little bit against you know obviously judaism at the time and and you know it, it just it it challenged thought and they did not like that.
2: It was completely different is why they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. My husband, just to make your point, was doing fine on his own before he met me, right? He had Mm -hmm. a little bachelor pad, but he never folded his laundry. He had stacks of dirty clothes all over his freaking house. Dishes piled up in the sink. He, He used like... One soap on everything, head, body, everything, like one soap on everything <laughs> and just a simple life, you know, but it's like the woman brings, he said, you know, I had a, a house when I met you, but like when you moved in, you made it a home mm-hmm. and that's what women do. It's like so beautiful. Like the, the gentle spirit of women we decorate and we literally make, make a place a home and we, have just that nurturing caring energy about us
1: and I think that comes because who carries the child who is the child's hmm. first home is a mother inside the womb
2: yeah yeah we're literally the gateway of life yeah <laughs> women are portals to the other world
1: my house <laughs> wouldn't look like his life yeah wouldn't be as clean as it was or you know dishes wouldn't be done as as often as they are if it wasn't for my wife you know what I mean Mm -hmm. she does that she folds the laundry but she she claims she likes to do it I kind of tend to believe it or I just don't do it good enough so she just
0: does I like
2: things done to my standard and it's like the other day he came home and he was like all the guys at work were asking me what laundry detergent you use because my clothes always smell so clean and I was like tell them they need to get a woman I ain't mm-hmm. giving away my secrets. Right. <laughs> I was like, I have my own little laundry secrets. That I'm not sharing. Yeah, but that's what women
0: do. Yeah. You know, and
1: my wife and I, we, we trade off, you know, she's a fantastic cook. Um, I enjoy cooking more than she does. She gets up a hell of a lot earlier than, than I do. Um, it works out about the same amount of hours. Now, this time of year, I'll probably be working a little bit more, you know, going into the busy season with building and stuff. But uh, I love coming home and cooking and we have an agreement. She's like, if you cook, I'll clean up your mess. I'll do the dishes. Now, granted, we have a dishwasher, but should, and I'm like, great, because I loathe, even if it's loading and unloading a dishwasher, which takes most of the work out of it, I still hate it. You know what I mean? Because it was a chore as a kid. And to me, it was like a punishment. Make sure you do all the dishes before you go out and play. And it's like, oh, motherfucker. That's but,
2: exactly the setup me and my husband has. He cooks, I clean.
0: Yep. That's awesome. He's a
2: terrific cook and he's kind of like you he loves it. Like he'll yeah. be Gordon Ramsay in there and yeah. I'll have a delicious meal and then, you know, I'll I'll put the dishes away or whatever. But that's the beautiful balance of the mm-hmm. of the whole story is like you have and it's not that I'm saying like it's anything to do with gay people or anything like that because no. in most gay relationships you have a more masculine and a more feminine energy in those relationships. So, it's it still balances out in some right. way. But you know, let's let's look at the last supper again. Okay. Um and we kind of have already looked at it, but it's like Mary Magdalene is leaning away from Jesus and then Saint Peter is the one that has his hand slicing across her neck. You remember?
0: Mhm.
2: He has like his hand literally like slicing across her neck, which is interesting. Because in the Lost Gospels, one of the things that comes out very strongly is that St. Peter hated Mary Magdalene. And Peter actually told her to shut up and that she wasn't anything special, literally. Damn. And then Levi told Peter, hey, if Jesus told us that she's something special and we should listen to her, then we should do that. Absolutely, And there's this back and forth. And why would people have made up the rivalry between Peter and Mary Magdalene? Why would people have made that up? Or, or make a saint, quote unquote, a Saint Peter character jealous? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make sense if no. you're going to make a saint character this jealous asshole.
1: Because if you're a saint, you're supposed to be free of all sin, am I correct?
2: correct yeah Um, that's what that that's why it's like mary mother mary is like a saint sainted she was without sin they say right you never commit so why would they make him a jealous asshole it wouldn't so it it just it just makes sense to me that this would have really been like a rivalry between the two makes sense and women are still like that i mean over their husbands you know because it's like Like my husband, for example, his friends will be like, you just you're you're with Julia like all the time. Like ask her if you can come out and play like, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, you said you were going to go with me to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like and they're like, come on, let Zachary come out and play. (laughs) But it's like women are that in their relationship. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, I said you were going to go with me to the store. So you're going to go with me. I can't go, guys. I told my wife I go with her to the store. That's just who women are, right, and so that's who Mary Magdalene was to Jesus. She was like, "Uh no, Jesus, you remember you said you was gonna like up up your teachings and you were gonna start doing a little oh, you're right, Mary I'm and Peter's like, Bitch, who are you to tell Jesus how he's supposed to be teaching? Mm-hmm. He hated her, yeah
0: that's because crazy.
2: she was like, it's just I can see it in my head exactly how it was. You know, and I think Jesus left his ministry to Mary.
1: Hmm. That would make sense.
2: And it's the full completion that he would have left his ministry to Mary. And, you know, you got to think of the kind of person that Jesus was. Wouldn't it make sense that he would have leveled the playing field for women Mm -hmm. and given women a place in the church as equals? Like, that's so Jesus.
1: Yeah. That's totally. I mean, if you follow anything that he has taught and what we're given of his teachings, that is a hundred percent
0: him.
2: That's who he was. Um, in one of the forbidden gospels, Peter actually says to Jesus, Let Mary leave us, for women are not worthy of life. Wow. And later, yes, and in a later text, it was actually Mary coming to Jesus saying, Peter has threatened my life, for he hates me and all the race of women damn which is precisely how the roman catholic church feels about women
1: yeah exactly how they
0: feel
2: and they've sainted peter mm-hmm. even though he was a dick
0: yeah wow
2: and there is nothing in the new testament that says priests should be men and i believe like i said he intended his his ministry um to go to mary mm-hmm. um and it was the pagan sun worshipper Constantine who ultimately made the final edits to the Bible at the Council of Nicaea
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that's again why what, we left a pagan fuck in charge of the the whole history of the rest of the world you know what I mean like the rest of our history
1: and I, th- I think there might be a little uh I don't know uh in that story of how he picked and choosed or whatever, I think, I think it we, it might be a little misconstrued because in pagan belief, um, pagans felt the same way about their women. You know, women were supposed to be strong. They're almost just like what Jesus was preaching and for, for him to come out and, you know, I think, I think he was just the scapegoat later on down the road
2: he may have for the, been
1: for the Catholic Church saying no. This is what Constantine did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. He, he may he, have been. He
0: he did. I that.
2: believe that because they they had goddesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: I, I I'm with you, Ghost, a little bit. Yeah, I think you I think you may be right on that. Um, the Gospels that were taken out, referring to Mary Magdalene, were hidden. Hmm. They literally hid them, and my. The, the reason I wrote that down is because that would actually make these hidden forbidden Gospels a lot more pure in comparisons to the ones that were left in that have been translated over a thousand times.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: So let's say you have the Bible, right? And you take out all the Mary Magdalene bits and you hide them away and they're untouched forever. And then you retranslate what you have left over a thousand times to the point where what we have, we don't even know if that's really what it said.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then
2: we go back and we find these hidden gospels that are all about Mary Magdalene. They've never even been translated before. And you read them and you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. What's this? Yeah. They're totally pure.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and being translated so many times, I mean, that's kind of how Ryan stumbled across the Uriel uh, connection with, with, you know, Satan and the morning star and Lucifer for not being the, the accurate story, you know, mistranslation mm-hmm. and, and, and all sorts of stuff. And I'd actually, I would um, actually, I'm, I'm going to talk to him later on tonight, but uh, I, I would like him to come on and maybe even with Colorado Dank and heck, even maybe uh, you with some of this Da Vinci stuff and do like a little round table, uh, episode on on Da Vinci and Uriel and who Satan might might have been, really. And I and... think
2: that would be awesome. Yeah, because yeah. I, th- I, I really feel like that's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like it makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Um. So we're almost done, but um, there were there were two parts of Mark that they went in and took out as well with these Magdalen friendly Gospels. The first part being Lazarus crying out from the tomb when he was supposed to be dead and what the passage actually read was um a parable about lazarus and it was refer and what they were referring to is that lazarus was excommunicated from the church Hmm and the rules were if you were not delivered within a period a period of 4 days after excommunication your soul would be damned to hell forevermore wow and on the 3rd day Jesus heard about this and went to release Lazarus from this banishment of his soul and therefore restored him to everlasting life the way that the story is depicted in the bible is that Jesus literally physically restored him to life when in fact it has been edited and mistranslated and it was only referencing lazarus soul
1: Mm. not his
2: physical body
1: yeah that's interesting
2: which would make jesus what not divine
1: (laughs) no not divine at all
2: which is why they take it out with the magdalene friendly gospels
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and then the other part of mark that was edited out Is when Jesus goes to visit the house of Mary and Martha. And Mary is depicted as being hesitant in leaving the house. But what in fact happened in the original book of Mark is that Mary actually stepped out of the house when Jesus arrived and the disciples told her to go back in the house because. They take this out because women were only allowed to leave the house with their husband's permission. Hmm. So this in fact would be another indication that mary magdalene would have been married to jesus christ because they take they took the part out where as soon as jesus arrived she exited the house and ran to him and she would only be able to do that if jesus gave her permission as her husband to leave the house
1: interesting wow and they
2: took that out okay so i was shocked when i realized actually that jesus was only one of many dying and rising gods over thousands of years in the mediterranean area there was dionysus temus uh, adonis and osiris who um they all resemble jesus Mm -hmm. um or or it would really be the other way around that jesus resembles them yes so osiris was the consort of the beautiful mother goddess isis Mm
0: -hmm.
2: who was the goddess of magic and sexual magic and in this culture women were enlightened and just for the mere fact that they were women right they were more enlightened than everyone else and the only way for men to become enlightened would be for them to have sex With a priestess of the goddess Isis. That's Hmm. the only way they they could become enlightened is if they had the sexual ritual of um, intercourse with a priestess of goddess Isis. Gotcha. Which is the exact opposite of what it is now. It's like men are enlightened. Women are idiots. But really, up until the Roman Catholic Church, women were enlightened and you had to go to the woman to become Mm -hmm. enlightened. Yeah. Um, Which also like makes me think if the Eve thing ever really happened or they they're misconstruing it is like Adam's an idiot and Eve wants to become enlightened. And Mm. so she eats the apple because it's her place as a woman to be the enlightened one
0: and they make her
2: a, a big ass bitch for doing it. But I think it's the place of the woman to be the enlightened one and then the men follow the women because they are more enlightened. That's how it always was. Right. It's it's just a total op- opposite of Christianity. And in all these myths, Jesus is the only one who doesn't have a consort. Mm-hmm. If he's modeled after all of these other dying and rising gods who had consorts, why is Jesus the only one without a consort? If it's just an archetype,
0: right?
2: It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't yeah. fit this story and i'm not buying it so the only one who doesn't have a magical balancing feminine presence is jesus but then you look in the for forbidden gospels and there she is yeah and also very interestingly some um someone bumps into mary magdalene in the garden and they say why are you weeping and she says they've taken my lord and i don't know where they have put him And this is actually the Osirian mystery plays. Okay. Every year, the worshipers of Osiris and Isis reenact the scene in which Osiris has been torn to pieces Mm -hmm. by the wicked God set. And his bits and pieces have been scattered about everywhere. And Isis goes weeping throughout the land, trying to find them and then magically reassemble them. And the priest asks her, woman, what ails you? Why are you weeping? And she says, they've taken my Lord and I don't know where they put him. Mm-hmm. It's literally the, the same, same thing. It's literally just another dying and rising God myth.
1: And that's the kind of the topic I was touching on in the beginning of the episode of, you know, they, it was all taken from different previous religions you know what i mean there's nothing new other than the change of a name or uh the people and culture of where it took place you know what i mean because what you're describing that was egyptian you know what i mean and yes. uh it, it, they took ship from you know the paganism or pagans and and heathens and, and what have you and you know whatever else and it's like they didn't they didn't create anything new they just recycled it and either put in something that they thought was good and took out something that they thought was bad
2: well they've convoluted it yeah and then it's like so then Jesus picked a team which is America and then it's like all the other countries have their gods and their culture which are really more pure than Christianity because mm-hmm. it hasn't been as altered and fucked as Christianity right. has been
0: that, and that so me
2: it's right well and it's it's just like the Osirian mystery plays Mm -hmm. and and they're saying Mary Magdalene and Isis are saying the exact same phrase right Mm -hmm. and it's like you said they're just recycling this babble of this is the the archetype of our uh gods this is the archetype type of the gods and this is what it's supposed to look like but if that's true then it would be a power couple mm-hmm. at the top and then the priest and priestess and then all the followers right yeah. so it just anyways what were you gonna say
1: i was just gonna say it, it's kind of like how you know why are christmas trees um man asso- associated with with the birth of jesus christ and, and there there's no pine trees in the middle east but there were pine trees in you know the pagan belief where that derived from you know what i mean well, is, and goes back did you to, listen
2: to um the episode i did with davy on that not yet so i'll just tell you a little bit um it's all pagan worship even the wreaths on the door the eggs for easter it's mm-hmm. the fertility it's it's all paganism and i don't know if you remember but i said on your birthday ghost if i came to your house for your birthday party and i bought gifts for all of the guests except for you how would you feel and that's what we do on jesus's birthday is we Mm -hmm. buy each other gifts which makes no fucking sense at all Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and it's like well jesus got gifts it was his birthday that's why he got gifts and and even if you look at it they were like essentials for him oils and silks for you know and it's just it's not an xbox no. a tv these pointless materialistic gifts that we give each other but it's such a slap in the face right because you wouldn't go to somebody's birthday party and buy gifts for everybody else and not that person
1: No, and another slap so in the face is just, wearing wearing a crucifix around your neck or having a crucifix with, with him depicted on it if, if, if he truly died on the know? cross like that I mean how, how much of a slap in the face is that
2: but do you know how many people were crucified?
0: Yeah. That it wasn't that was, just
2: Jesus. No. And Jesus was, was on the cross next to two thieves. Yeah. Who were being crucified as well. Exactly. So when you wear that symbol, what are you saying?
0: Not it's very a death
1: thing. symbol.
2: It's a yeah. death symbol. Exactly. And you should and the Bible says literally, do not worship graven images.
1: No, but they do.
0: Do. So
2: I've always said, if you want, if you're a Christian and you want to represent Jesus, you should have a stone. The stone that was rolled away. He, Many people were crucified, but if you are a Christian and that is your faith, only one was resurrected. Right. So Why would you not symbolize the resurrection? Why That's are the, you symbolizing the death? That So, and it's, it's just to show you, you walk around with the cross on your neck and it's like Jesus is dead. That's mm-hmm. what you say. And so to put a a ribbon on it, Ghost, and this is the last little bit here, I think the real religion that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were a part of was a very ancient offshoot of Judaism, um, which is goddess worshiping. Mm -hmm. And there is only one model of life on this planet that works, and that makes sense, and that is unionism. Um, What we have shoved down our throats is a celibate god and a virgin mother together in the bridal chamber and it's no wonder we have a dysfunctional family the mm-hmm. end
0: exactly <laughs> that's very my well.
2: last that's my last statement
0: uh,
1: that's very true um you, you nailed that on the head that was a that was a great way to end it you know what i mean um wow so god.
2: ghost have i made my case
1: i i haven't disagreed at all you know what i mean I, I, everything that you were saying i already kind of either already believed in or had some knowledge of um you you went down a lot deeper than than i have in the past and i think you did a great job you know what i mean and thank you i can't you know when when you take out the 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 lost books or the the forbidden books and what have you and you really do start digging into who mary magdalene was um the evidence is is right in your face and why anybody other than for the fact of control uh would take that out is beyond me you know what i mean it's just a, another form of of we have to control you
2: we always say they have to show you what they're doing in order for us to um know it and then let them do it right mm-hmm. we have to give them permission in a sense yep so the fact that they've made Jesus's mother Mary, a divine figure, to me says a lot because we say Mother Mary, but are we saying Mother Mary or are we referencing Magdalene?
1: Yeah, true, because she could have been a mother as well.
2: Well, she was in my mind. She de- yeah. she definitely had. She was pregnant when Jesus was crucified, so she is the Holy Mother. If you're yeah. going to look at it as Jesus's a spouse. Who gave birth to Jesus's child, the royal blood? Then Mary Magdalene is the holy mother.
0: Yeah. So it's
2: just interesting.
1: And i I always had a hard time buying the the twelve year old Mary being divinely uh, impregnated by God. You know what I mean? That's just saying God's into the God that you believe in is in, into pedophilia and i just i've always had a hard time with that that story well you remember i I do um, believe that there could have been a guy by yeshua you know uh that walked and did these teachings and and practices but was not um a god or god's actual son you know what i mean he mm -hmm. was just spreading the word to be a a better person
0: don't be an asshole
2: you have to make the fine line between the christ And the man who walked on the sands of Palestine. Right. They're different. Mm -hmm. uh, The the faith figure of Christ is divine. And then you have Yeshua who walked on the sands of Palestine, who was probably married, Mm -hmm. lived as other men lived, and was born as other men are born.
1: Right. And how you get Yeshua into the name Jesus and then Christ is beyond
0: me
2: the Christos
1: yeah
2: it's um like a title yeah but it it's just it doesn't it's so convoluted ghost and if you remember back to the first episode that one of the first paintings I showed you was the first painting that Leonardo finished for his um whatever he was an apprentice of of Andrea Verrocchio or yeah. something like that and his angel disappears from the photo or from mm-hmm. the painting when yeah. it's the angel who comes to tell Mary Magdalene or Mary, mother Mary, she's going to be pregnated by the the living God or whatever. And then all that stays in the painting, but the angel that Leonardo painted disappears when you expose it to like certain type of uh, x-rays. So yeah. it's like, again, he's, he's telling us she wasn't no virgin. There wasn't no, nothing divine about it. Like it's just Leonardo intrigues me. Yeah. Like he he rocks my world. And I'm not, you know, saying that he was just a great dude. He could have been into pedophilia or whatever. Maybe he, maybe he was in with these elites. But um, it's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. And I I commend you. You did a great job. You do Thank you. You do a hell of a lot better than than I could researching and taking notes. So. <laughs> That's why I, I like I, I, that's why I like having guests on so
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you were it was very informative I, I really enjoyed this and like I said I'd like to maybe sit down me you and Ryan or even with Colorado you know the four of us to see if we can get something planned uh down the road and and kind of go over who Lucifer was versus who Jesus and and with bring in the Da Vinci and and you know uh
2: the Magdalene, Magdalene
1: and 'Cause you know, Colorado Dank, he he's he's very devote in, in what he believes. However, um, when Ryan was was pointing out this Uriel um to him, he's like, Look, just, just look into it. And he came back and he's like, Dude, I think you're right. You know what I mean? Like and and Ryan was just like, Wow, you know, I I, I actually got him to to admit Admit. That, yeah, that, that I'm on to something that, that, you know, isn't exactly in the Bible the, the correct way. So
0: but yeah.
2: And all you have to do is read Holy Blood Holy Grail or this book Alabaster the woman with the alabaster jar and it's they lay it out in buffet style of look at this look at this look at this look at this. So it's not just me sitting here with shit I made up. Right. It's it's historical. Absolutely. And it all goes back to the priest.
0: Mhm.
1: Well is there anything you want to plug or finalize before we wrap this up.
2: You can find me on Instagram at cosmic.peach.podcast and again um on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And what um what I do is essentially conspiracy theories and I do a little bit of paranormal and I have people come on and just um, talk about their ghost stories. And I also do healthy living and natural health care. So there's really a little bit of everything for everybody. And I'm just getting started, but I have a whole lot to offer.
1: Yes, you do. and uh, i'm I'm thankful that that you you left a review. I saw it, and then you reached out, and then I put the connection together. and then here, here we are. you know, you, you've been. It's amazing yeah this is your third appearance now on on my show uh second as um uh a podcaster because i think when you did the da vinci you you were just starting i had uh, just started started, so you know that that's great and uh you know you you come to the tavern you 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 bring the feisty female side to to the tavern which is needed because man it can get a get to be a a big sausage fest in there sometimes (laughs) yeah you need need the the woman humor in there as well so
2: it's fun too it's really fun to it's we're all inclusive here in the truth community oh
1: hell yeah and uh <laughs> you know you, like i said you know before it, you need any any questions I'll, I'll be glad to help you um or point you in a direction that can hopefully get you help if i don't know the answer because yeah. no, i yeah, sure as hell so don't helpful. know every, everything but uh yeah. you know um you just you know keep keep grinding and keep killing it and i think you'll, you'll mm-hmm. be good
2: Thank you so much, Ghost.
1: You're welcome. And to everybody else out there, think for yourself.